Welcome to tonight's Pragmagic Liminal Stream. I'm your poor revelator, Keats Ross, and tonight we will be transdimensionally wayfaring through the hyperconnectivity of the modern internet age and discuss what works and what hurts the inward search when the world is at your fingertips. As always, I naturally gravitate to the folks who ooze their art, their oeuvre with everything they do, only sometimes they are ones who decide to usher enlightenment through wonderful caverns of metaphysics and purpose. Tonight is one of these times twice fold. Niche is a mystical chanteuse bellowing the beauties of a wide artistic pantheon, host of the wonderful Cosmic Salon podcast, co-host of the brilliant Knox Mente and Obelisk shows, and more importantly, a brilliant artist, seeker, and dear friend. Niche, how are you? Excellent. And I am so thrilled. You are two of my favorite men's in the whole world. <laughs> this is, I love being, I love being the, the filling in the sandwich for sure. Like so there you go. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Derek Hunter, the revelator of the love chaos, anti-dogmatic philosophy of life, a writer of chaos riddle prose, a composer, and another dear friend who for the first time gets to transcend the liminal stream and this first ever discussion triangle or threesome, as he likes to call it. Derek Hunter, how are you, sir? Hey, what's up? Good evening to you both. This is uh, something that we've, you know, as you guys know, have, we wanted to do for a while. Um, I'm not sure whose idea it was to do this, but uh, I, whoever it was, the other two of us jumped right in and I thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, You're right. Yeah, you it's guys, almost it was almost yeah. like a hive mind. I, I don't remember the seeds of it either. I think both all three of us were very excited. We're like, let's we're all, do this. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were definitely thinking about it at I think at the same time. So it just was a matter of who was gonna suggest it first. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the seed has been sown. Um <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about the title, you know, because we're gonna be in, enveloped in a lot of uh, you know, meta discussion about just the weight and the whims of social media and this day and age. And I wanted to maybe give a little bit of definition about metaphysics. Now, metaphysics used to mean the root causes or the ponderances of eternal things, you know, as opposed to physics, which is the study of ordinary causes of ordinary things. And with that, I just want to talk about the metaphysics of the eternal search, the communion with the quote-unquote other, and transcendence as a whole within the social media age. Is social media a bane or a butte, a tool, or just literal candy? And when it comes to using, when it, comes to using it to find the others, I think, and full disclosure, it is both. So let's discuss what hurts and what works in the Google search for the soul. And thank you for letting me get that corny out. Yeah, this is a this is a deep ponder. And it's certainly one of those things that brought me forth this time in my life after having been forward a few times. But it was one of those things, a search for the other is a new age, uh, which brings me forward. You know, I had I don't think I'd been public since I had my Warner Brothers contract back in the 90s. And was really pushing that. And so uh, when the when I came forward, I really wanted to find my people, my tribe. 
and uh, it's been very fruitful because here you two are, and we've created this bigger network. All the people that I have encountered through doing this has proven to me that no matter what the downfalls are, what the pitfalls are, like on any journey in life, they're out there and we do find each other. Whether this is a frequency thing, the words find the others. However, there is a lot of poisons and pus, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we And talk don't about get this that sticky, sticky foot of poison. Ooh, we. No. <laughs> sticky foot of poison. Well, Derek and you, uh, Nish, have been definite lights in that I think both of you found semblances of a rhythm of like a, a, a an ability to churn uh, goodness and and prosperity through the connections that you've made online, you know, and with the advent of, you know, the viruses should not be named. Uh, we're kind of all harking on that. And so I really wanted to take a deep dive as a personal person as a personal person, that makes sense, um, as a personal proponent of social media, whether it be in business or in connectivity, and talk about, yeah, the hurts, you know, and the, the haunts of it, because it is a tricky subject, but I feel like both of you, and Derek especially, has found like a really good rhythm with it. Well, I, I think that it's something that, um, you know, um, I don't think any, I think one of the, one of the things that's is great about it is that um, I think it's, it's because it is such a, a relatively new phenomenon um, and 20 years old is that people like us, like the three of us who, um, you know, and you guys have really uh, in a lot of ways uh, have shown a way uh, of how you can make it work. Um, but what, what I really like about the internet is that it, it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily level the playing field at all, but um, even like people who have a lot of uh, a notoriety, who, who have a lot of uh, public, say value, um, out there in the world, who have a name basically, um, they have to kind of navigate their way through it, um, and and certainly with a lot more help than than the three of us do, but. It, they're, they're in, in order for them to be effective, it's something that they have to be creative uh, in ways that ha is, again, only about 20 years old. And um, I think for people like the three of us who are, uh, are imaginative and can find ways to interest people and to engage people, it's, uh, it can be a great tool, um, you know, and... Uh, I know from, from my own experience, you know, most of my experience as a creative person has been in struggle. You know, um, I, I have, most of my experience has been in, in, in rejection and in trying to find my way into the, into the door, uh, for a period of time, it was filmmaking and, uh, that was a struggle. Um, and just trying to get my, my foot in, the, in any kind of door in that, in that field was very difficult. Uh, then I then I when I switched gears and went into to writing fiction, um, that was another door where I could I couldn't get my foot into any any door at all, uh, another field where I could get my my foot into any door, 
And so it was just a, like a lot of struggle year after year of struggle. Um, and then with the internet, it still continued to be difficult for sure. But um, primarily it was through um, getting involved in, in uh, the occult. And uh, I think, you know, meeting people like the two of you, uh, first you Keats and then through, through you Keats meeting Nish. And it's uh, really, I think the difference for me, uh, if it, from my own experience, from what's been going on these last few years compared to the previous 15 to 20 years is that I've been able to make, uh, find the people to find the others to, to, it wasn't necessarily about stepping into a door where there was like the, a secret, uh, meeting going on with people that were mm -hmm. in the know. It was more just about finding other people who, um, were just as excited about life as I was and making it work. And then just one thing opening up after another, um, really made it, I think a lot more of a, uh, made things like work in such a way where I could finally reach people, you know, and, uh, it's still on a small scale relatively, but it's definitely on a, on a scale where, uh, I have, I, I feel a lot more, uh, good about the work that I'm doing in terms of it affecting a lot of people, you know, and yeah. it is primarily because of the internet. You know, I was going to say this too about this idea that I do think separating the wheat from the chaff has been kind of easy because there's something about a parasocial self-image you put out there. Uh, meeting you and Niche, like it, it's uncanny how you can find the anarchic magics of people. And Niche and I talk about this all the time where, you know, you can absolutely see maybe this is the the wrestle with aestheticism or trend you can see who is not um genuine you know right right and i think that's what i think that's where the where the leveling the playing the field is really where what happens is that um is that when you when you see that people with a big name they're basically having to expose themselves in ways where um, they didn't have to expose themselves, you know, whether it be on a podcast or uh, doing posts or whatnot. Um, they kind of have to reveal more of themselves, right. and um, you know, there's there, there's less there's less hiding to do. And so, if you can be creative with how you put yourself out there, uh, and primarily being genuine with what you're doing, then I think that's where you can make make the real real connections, you know. And I. I always from even from an early age, like I didn't want to find any kind of success unless it was done in a genuine way. I didn't want it to be where uh, I was doing something with the intention, knowing that it was somehow going to be something that would appeal to a lot of people. Um, Why not? What's the problem? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, I think the whole thing of, of being genuine and being open and being honest is, um, uh, is certainly where you can use the internet in your advantage. Uh, yeah. you know, and I think that, um, it, uh, it certainly, I think you will find there will, there's certainly definitely, there's definitely hurdles to jump over. Um, because one of the, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about the negative side yet, but one of the things that I have found is that, um, say for example, you know, posting in different, um, places on social media and uh, 
so many people are promoting their work. Uh, and so, so many people are, are being barraged with different people's, you know, music or uh, films or books or podcasts or whatever, you know, there's just so much being pushed out there on the internet that um, people want to take an opportunity to jump on and, and, uh, and attack if you happen to be, you know, promoting your own work because, you know, people see that, oh, here comes a self-promoter, here comes someone who's trying to right. push their work. And, um, and people are much more willing to be really nasty on the internet. Whereas if you were, if you were to do that in person, they wouldn't have the guts to say the things that they would say online. Well, it brings me to an idea too. I was thinking about this for niche because me and niche talk about words all the time, uh, words used, you know, that are now kind of transformed as tags or categories of things to like these hyper search options but what always weirded me out too within social media are the words follow subscribe you know all things i think in the metaphysical pro process are two major words that i've always battled against like when it comes right. to beliefs outside you know or you know anything really to not subscribe to not follow and niche and i always talk about words and i just just I was thinking about her when I was thinking about this today and I wanted to know, I'm sure you've picked up on this all the time, Nish. Yeah, it's a big deal. And it, it's definitely, I think a lot of us struggle with, with how to approach those ideas. It puts me off when I see the heavy uh, spell work of tell, commanding people what to do. And it it's in very interesting ways that it becomes this mind virus out in the collective. Subscribe, like, and right. share. You know, yeah. it's like that may be innocent, and yet at the same time, it's actually a command. And so for as innocent as it is, we do need to become conscious of what we're saying to people and the messaging that we're putting forth. Yeah. And in a way, too, it's kind of dumbed down. Like, subscribe was one of the S words that, like, I battled against as a youth. Subscribe, subservient, you know, a safe. You know, these, these words that keep coming up where they trigger something in me that makes me want to, uh. But if anything, the social media has dumbed those down to not really mean something as hard or as harsh. Right. You know, so there's something there to that. And at the same time, though, it, it still holds that same value. Right. And that's part of the trickery that's going on with the way the language is becoming usurped. And uh, like one of the things I'm doing right now on, on the Cosmic Salon behind the gate is we're really breaking down etymology, but not just breaking down etymology. Anyone can break it down. We're having like power sessions, Patrick Newland and I, and it's like you take a bong with us, even though I'm not doing that. But we we are putting the word out there. We're looking at the etymology and then we're kind of trancing into it. And where does it go? So it's kind of that Pastaducci situation where we're just reassociating and allowing that to happen. And then we we're talking about like you and I do, Keats, about how this is becoming uh 
a chaotic sidual that is entrancing people. So the not only is the language becoming inversed and contorted and misconstrued, then it's being weaponized from there. And at what point is it actually innocent? And at what point is, are we pushing intent into it? I love it. That's the perfect yeah. segue to yeah, what Derek was saying, maybe the negative side. Well, there's the negative side too, but um, it, it I almost I almost wonder sometimes, you know, because you know I'll be honest with you guys, you know I I consider myself a progressive, you know, uh, I, in, not just in politics but in 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 philosophy, in culture. And in you do science. mean, and really, Derek, I hate to say I have to jump in here, but there was a yeah. time when that meant there's a key. To, I consider myself a progressive too, but it, it's getting twisted in the modern vernacular. So, yes. And that's sure. a, an example I just wanted to throw forward is a progressive person is now has become very contorted, whatever your intent is. So sorry to interject. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I, I just was, you know, was going to say that um, I, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer in inversion. In and and um, and, so, and turning uh, the meaning of words upside down. Uh, if anyone reads my works of, uh, of fiction, uh, I do that heavily in the style of writing that I do, um, and not just in the style of writing, but in the actual meaning of the stories. Uh, I, I do it even with colors, as Keats knows, um, with the alchemical colors of black, white, and red. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, and I, I can go into it further in my, into my own work, but it outside of my own work, uh, when I see things happening in society where inversion is taking place, uh, I think that there is definitely a, a healthy uh, thing going on. So there is there is definitely, I think, I understand what you mean, Nish, that there is probably uh people in positions of power who are manipulating us or trying to ma manipulate us for uh merely um uh, evil ends um but i think that because of the way things are with the way culture works to me is so organic the way it fluctuates and the way it develops is that there is actually to me a positive element to what's currently going on right now um, you know, and, and, and certainly there's there's a lot of superficiality to a lot of pr current progressive trends for sure. Uh, and uh, it, it, I'm not a big fan of the cancel culture or, you know, and other things. But uh, there's certainly to me, I think that there's some value, value to some of the elements to the cancel culture. Um, but, you know, I, I, regardless of the, the ill intention of people in power who are trying to manipulate the masses, and, and then also, in addition to that, uh, it, despite the super, superficiality to a lot of the elements of, of progressive elements to current society, there's this other side to it, a third side to it, which I think is, is pushing, is an evolutionary uh, process that's happening right now um, that, to me, is positive. Um, and I, I'm very happy to see, uh, and I'm very happy to be at this time in, in, in existence alive right now and seeing it happen. Um, could it be a lot more? Hell yes. Um, again, I think that, you know, what a big dominant factor of what our culture is, 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 is superficiality. 
and the internet definitely has a part, a big part to play in that. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, and there's that parallel. I mean, we, we're talking about the metaphysical, like, endurance of self. Um, and this is, to me, one of the, like, glimming or glimmering issues with social media and how it's used is the purveyance of success and growth without the actual elbow grease. And it reminds me that in, even in the political sphere, it's that, you know, people, uh, echo chambers getting incensed about things that maybe they're not, you know, uh, I mean, and, and I'm saying this purely objectively, but they're not, you know, getting the full scope and, and scripture of the truth in that sense. And they start to parlay or purvey how they are uh, figureheads of it, you know? How everyone becomes a figurehead. Yeah. And yeah. Well, there's definitely, I think there's definitely uh, uh, an element to uh, uh, democracy or le the le leveling of the playing field, which is definitely a negative. Uh, when you're giving right. voice, when you, when you give voice to everyone, which the internet does, when you can basically turn, everyone can become a celebrity and everyone's voice matters. Uh, on, and certainly on the surface, when everyone's voice matters, that sounds like a really good thing. But unfortunately, uh, when we hear uh, people's voices who are, you know, sadly to say ignorant, um, voicing opinions without doing any amount of research or any kind of thinking or, or from any kind of real true deep experience, then it's, it's, it's unfortunate because what, what these yeah. people are doing is that they're really um, discrediting the people who have credit who have some uh, respectability because they put in the work, they put in the time and the hours and they know what they're talking about. So right. now it's just, you know what I mean? And so that there, there's a, there's that problem, which would, with the, the, you know, the, making everyone um, seem like they're special, which everyone is, everyone I think is special, but maybe not for the reasons that they think they're special. Or, yeah. This is, may I come in on this? Please. So one ahead. of the, one of the tenets I've always loved, and it's from the beep that like, I think it's the eighties or maybe seventies. I have no idea. I saw it of course in rerun the BBC series, I Claudius and towards oh, the yes. end, loved right? It. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And if you can get a hold of that, you should watch it. It's worth every time, every every minute you spend anyway but claudia yep. says let the voices hatch out at some point and i've i paraphrase there and i think that i've held on to that my whole life i think that's such a powerful way to go and so with what derek is saying right here is very valuable i think that that people we need this terrain to be diverse and varied and people that are not say well versed but have a voice because of the nature of internet and and social media need to be out there as long as they're not hurting anyone and i think it helps us that are doing uh that do our deal due diligence and and it, it provides one with the idea of okay is this really an idiot speaking and i'm gonna look up what they're talking about and i'm gonna find myself researching like you do in college right like you do 
when you're when you're looking to find information, it, when you read a book and you you go back and you're checking the sources there, when you listen to a great song and you want to see who's actually behind this song rather than the mill of who put it out, who wrote this, who is in the you know who are the studio players that I love that second guitar, who is that, yeah. and so we need to be able to find ourselves looking deeper. And this is a lesson that we need. We get into trouble, I think, when all of a sudden everything's narrated for us and mm. scripted for us and we don't get the choice of, and also at times the folly of following false prophets, if you want to go there with it. Absolutely. You know. And you know, these are private companies that have private directives and you know, incentives and ideas about things. This is, I think social media has come, it needs to be a utility. It needs to be a public square and a true like utility, you know? So, but we're still, we're seeing what a select few people are draining for us or, you know, censoring for us. So it gets, yeah, it gets messy. I want to see all the voices have a platform and I'm, I sure know where, uh, you know, I've been pulled down crazy streams too, where I'm like, what is this person talking about? And I will go, I will listen. I will listen to about anyone. Everyone knows this about me. I'm a middle, I'm a moderate person in the end. Uh, and I definitely don't have skin in the political game. I think it's all theater. Uh, I mean, I have skin enough where I, I know I have my opinions, but you don't know what my opinions are really. No one does. I keep that actually private. And so I try to present a centered round with everything when I come to a table of others and because I've listened to these different facets and I've taken in this information including the idiots if we want to call them that and whatever they are and whatever side they are wherever they are the ones that are ill-informed and they're just puking up what they've heard from others they're puking up puke what after they've heard from youtube channels right and it's gone through that whole the whisper test like you start here with right. a seed of truth and you go around a circle and it's you know those people you can it helps us discern better and in the end that is a self-lesson that one needs we need to be able to fall down those those traps. So we need to follow those, uh, those, those rabbit trails to understand and get a grasp of everything that's going on. And I don't like the idea of uh, being too judgmental. I find that that's not self-serving for yourself, for, for the growth of yourself. And so, yes, there's a lot of stuff I find very distasteful. And in general, I don't like politics and I don't like politicians, period. And so I see that for what it is. And, yeah. and yet you're never going to see me with a pitchfork. You're just not going to see it. And uh, so there is a greater lesson here. And this is part of it. And social media is such a great barometer for these tides. This is a social collection collection this is a collective shadow a this public is also, square yeah. it is a public square and it's it's the the outer space from our everyone's personal inner space thrown there so we're looking at this pit 
really. And sometimes it's a clear, beautiful ocean where we can see the bottom and all the beautiful fish. And sometimes it's really dark and murky and there are leviathans. When I was in Britain, I forgot what it's like, Criers Corner or uh, it's that park. It's in London and everyone has their soapbox and they're just yelling mm. into the void and people literally walk around and shop for opinion and i'm like that's <laughs> fucking social media in a nutshell right <laughs> i always think of that uh yeah. when i think about social media but i did you brought up a good point too uh niche about the rabbit hole so i always wanted to talk about the analog way of maybe before the advent of the hyperconnectivity of like, say, when I was a kid, I used to have to go to the pawn shop and steal a CD I couldn't afford. If I liked it, I read the liner notes and stole those CDs until I got caught. You know what I mean? Like there's that hunger and <laughs> <Yes>. analog <laughs> like search for things. And I wanted to know from both of you, do you feel there's an advent or like a, a just a kind of a loss of that need for physicality in a literal search when we can not literally search, but Google search everything that we need? Well, it, it definitely is a loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's def it definitely is a loss for sure. Um, I think that uh, it's definitely you know, uh, the physical world is, 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 is the, uh, uh, is the, is the way we can get out of ourselves. And it, 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 if you, you know, for me having, you know, I'm a counselor, I help people who struggle, as you guys both know, people who struggle with addiction and criminality and, you know, they have to make big, serious changes. And, 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 and I can tell you like from person to person, the people that I've worked with, and including myself and my own struggles, is that one of the ways that you can make that transformation and a way you can make yourself a better person is by being around other people and in the physical world. And certainly this helps. The, having the connection like what we do here with Zoom meetings and, and things like that are, are very important, but it still doesn't replace the actual face-to-face -face experience the, right. the uh, you know the physical dynamics tile you know of finding that dusty old book that falls on your on your lap sort of thing you know and yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it, it's it's something that you know for someone like me who is I am a I'm an overthinker I, I I can be stuck in my head for days and I can go into really dark places in my head and uh, and I know for myself that uh, I can create beautiful environments and beautiful worlds in my mind, but I can also create um, dungeons and hells as well. And um, one of the ways that I can, I can uh, get out of those dungeons is to be in the physical world uh, and be in nature or be right. in a store or be around other people, talk to people, um, just get out of my head. And, you know, it, it it one of the ways that we can we can really uh, uh, grow is, is is through that physicality, and um, it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the sad things as a dad. You know, I have a 15 year old son, and it's an element that I see him. You know, especially now because he does he can't even go to school. He can't even go to a physical school. 
And uh, so he, he's like stuck at home. And uh, one of my primary things is like, whenever I come by to see him is let's get out. Let's go be in the world. Let's, right. let's be, you know, let's go for a walk. Let's talk. Let's drive here. Let's go there. Let's just be physical because uh, uh, it's just, it's a real, it's, we're in, the, in a process of losing that. And I, unfortunately, it's only going to get more so, um, you know, and, and uh, I think that there is a chance that it, it may not go that way, but I have a feeling that we're going to become more and more on the computer. Um, so then it's more about adapting to that and evolving so that we can still retain our humanity uh, while we're in this electronic environment. But um, I think no matter where we're at, whether it's in a desolate Mad Max future Earth or we're out in space, uh, we have to find some kind of existence in the physical, you know? Yeah, you got to share with it. And I know Nish does this well, too. Nish, you know, you're yeah. very like I, I hate to use the term analog because it makes it, it seem but it so, is true it is yeah i i will always love and it it is a seed of sadness in me to see us moving fully digital with uh extended reality with the 6g and deeper into virtual reality and as exciting as all that is because i'm not a hater of that stuff either so don't get me wrong i, I may i'm cautious I am. well i'm cautious I with it i i think we should i think we should move i'm one of those people i'm a taurus and i don't know what my mayan is and if Navea is out there i don't know what that information is but as a in tropical, you know, this Taurus energy is very cautious towards, I love change, but I like to make sure, you know, my toes in there before I jump in. And so right. I don't burn That's my skin. Yeah. And uh, I'm that way with the digital world. Although it's interesting because all the new platforms, everyone's like, come to Parlor, come to MeWe. I've been on all those years and come to Steam It. I was on Steam It when it first came out. So I get on stuff. I just don't, I'm slow to, to start using them. And it's like when I move to a new town, it will take me six months to a year to actually get out. And so as far as media, and stuff I ingest, I'm the first person that will go straight. I never order, I don't do, my books are all hard copy. My my streaming of music is probably the exception. Right. Uh, and then I love, like Derek's saying, going out. I actually like going antiquing. I enjoy going to eat with my friends where nobody's looking at their cell phones and we're enjoying company. And you know this, Keats. Oh, yeah. And, so uh, half of what you're looking at right here is antiquing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. Same here. And you know this. Yeah. And so I'm one of those people It's like, if I could insist that everyone check their phone at the door, if I could get away with that, if I had a joint, let me put it that way, and I'm talking like a juke joint, you would have to check your phone at the in your computer at the door. That would not shop in there. And at my mom's tap uh, bar in Marietta, Georgia, when it was still Marietta, Georgia on the square, she did had no TVs. It was a live music bar and no TVs. So you didn't come in and we're watching sports. She really promoted people sitting at the bar and having real conversations. And then when the music came on, which is always blue glass, 
bluegrass and blues. Right. They were interacting. And so it became like it was a hot spot. It was always written up in the Atlanta Times and all this uh, because that was the nature of it. You didn't come in and start staring at a TV. And so I'm all about these organic connections to others. And this is what we need to balance out the digital reality we have right now. And unfortunately, I think we're losing that battle. You know, I think I lost the battle too, just as a, a record maker, as someone that used to print albums and do that. It became so above my pay grade to even be able to print media you know, the last thing we printed was the We the Hallowed Zine a couple of years ago, and that was just the overhead was insane. It's almost like they're pushing us to just stop, just put it all digital. Everyone wants to just look at it digital, you know? Well, there well, is an underground. Don't you both see that there's an underground? Oh, of course. People who want these great publishers are coming forward, and we all know this. And uh, people are actually wanting vinyl again, and they're wanting really great books. This is why there are great publishers bringing forth great books now. And there's a there's a genre that's rising out of it. And uh, I think it's probably the undercurrent, but we're all three undercurrent kind of people. We're right. underground type people. I come from the DIY, you know, aesthetic to the T. And a lot of that, too, had to be socioeconomic. And that's why I think it's funny to be of that ilk and be on the same playing ground as say someone that's classless or of an upper class. And that's maybe that's one of the benefits of, you know, kind of reaching to other uh, streams of consciousness with social media, you know, that we have an even playing ground or a playground. Does that make sense? Well, I just, I, I, before we jump into this, I want to go back to what we were talking about before. I think, I think in terms of um, the economics of, uh, of being in the world, I think that um, one of the things that it doesn't cost any money at all is just to be in the physical presence of another person and just, and just put, and put the phone away and put the computers away. And you both make that agreement that, Hey, you, you and I are a group of us or a bunch of us are just going to be physically together. We're going to be yeah. here in this moment. And, um, and it's amazing. It's, 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 it's magical. I love, uh, you know, one of the things I really enjoy about my, my, uh, my job as a counselor is I do group, um, group circles with uh, the guys I work with. And, I, and that's my rule is that you, you guys cannot be on your phone. And it's beautiful. We're in a room together for an hour. And uh, I like to push it longer than that because you just see amazing things happen between people when you yeah. just put the electronic devices away. And, well, and, know, and, and, and that's something that um, doesn't cost people anything. I got uh, completely lambasted by the youth teaching wilderness survival stuff when they didn't want to know how to, how to survive in the wilderness or take sit spots and meditate or, you know, do whatever, throw knives even, do archery. Uh, they wanted to get to the iPad. And I think that's what worries me more, is that, yes, yeah. this can all be good if there's a balance. And I think, Nisha, I think you have a good balance with social media. It's something I'm trying to find because I find myself more of an introvert a lot of times when it comes to social media because I'm worried that it's going to 
infect my brain with things that you know i'm already the worst person infecting my brain i don't need social media on top of that (laughs) i found uh, for me early on i've always been an extreme introvert obviously Mm -hmm. to to break the uh mold or uh, to break the meme the introverts especially extreme ones are not able to communicate now y'all know (laughs) I can yeah. communicate and uh that's that's ridiculous. It just means you are drained basically. You're drained when you're out in public or when you're around a lot of people. You you draw more energy from self rather than others. And so it's just an energy flow and uh the internet changed everything for me it did allow me to connect with others out in the world without having to go out and be drained. Now, like I said earlier, I love gatherings of people, being around people I love. I love intimate gatherings. So I like to go to the dark Italian type bars with the big booths, right? Where I'm in this little, you know what I'm talking about? The candles on the table, big private booth. And it's so intimate and raw and yet you're still you still get the vibes of all the people around but you're also you're not on display you've got a nook and sure. there's something just beautiful it's almost sexy to me and right. so the internet has allowed for me personally to connect outward with people i may not have in my in my personal life so i see the blessing of it and i'm so grateful for it and I ride that, but I have been sucked in. Don't get me wrong. I oh, have been totally. sucked in and I have been just as drained on the internet. And you know, these algorithms are are pulling us in. You can get stuck swiping all day through. This is why I left Facebook. It was one of the reasons why when I first left MySpace, yeah. you can get stuck. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, 12 hours later on your day off or something, you've been on Facebook, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like, how did this happen? And so I, I saw that early on and I decided to traverse that, you know, because it is, it, it's a powerful thing. And I'm not sure what the dynamic there is as far as what may be coming through. I don't know if there's trickery there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's technology there. I just know that I have been pulled in. Where in the very beginning of the internet, I was thrilled to get music I couldn't find in my local stores. And oh. st- as a music person, right? Uh, you Nothing couldn't. Nothing better. Yeah. Right? Or it's like books. all of a sudden, yeah. you, right, you have access to these things. And or eBay, when you can't find something in your local antique stores or at the auctions, and you can right. go to eBay and you're like, oh, oh my God, there's like 10 of them. And I've been looking for five years and I can't find this. And so these kinds of things have enhanced all of our lives. And yet at the same time, here we are enslaved as a culture, as cultures right. around the world that are accessing this. And now each of us is part of the Internet of Things. Yeah, We of are course. as humans now part of the Internet of Things. You know, Navier brought up a good point. Uh, she said, I hear you all with it losing its magic, but I also feel despair right now because virtual is what I've got right now. So I take that to me and it's what we got. We can make it better. And I think things like this, doing this now, 
with you guys live streams these discussions like this is kind of all we got as we verse the world or as you know we verse pandemics or or whatever or governments you know so i do find the joy in social media as a means to connect and like i said in the beginning i said full disclosure the answer is that it is both beauty and bane you know right and for me, I came up with, I don't know if you saw this. Oh, you did, because we talked about a certain deity. But I had worked on a daily routine to treat, you know, a daily routine as a magical practice. Everything, you know, your offerings were your toothbrushing kind of thing. And you chose every day to do, uh, or I chose every day to invoke something else pretty you know, uh, atmospheric, not like I'm actually invoking these things, but using them as examples, as deities that I would conjure for different, you know, creative projects every day. And one of the things I did in this routine was carve out a time for social media use, because I do feel like if you can make, if you can make the magic of social media, it's that. It's being very certain right. and intentful about right. when. And I want to know, do you guys do this a similar thing? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely have to use it in a very intentional way. Because like, well, if I don't, then what will happen is like what Nish talked about, where 12 hours go by, and all of a sudden I just spent the whole day on whatever, Facebook, Instagram, right. or whatever. I'm just, you know, on it, in it. And it, and it's something that um, there's it it it's like you know I think if you if you go into social media with an intention like I'm gonna go on and this is what I do I, I go on there after all my morning rituals I'll go on and uh, well it's a ritual in, in and of itself have some oatmeal drink my tea and go and, and check my emails go on Facebook go on Instagram and it's always the same every morning and I and I never want to spend uh, a great deal of time on the social media. It's always just a very narrow window of time. And, but it, I can tell you that like, for me, like when you're talking about joy, um, the internet gives me a tremendous amount of joy. Um, I have, uh, I've created these friendships with the two of you that have been extremely um, nourishing and enriching for me, you know, and in uh, and outside of the two of you, I've had other connections and I've been able to um, basically get my work to more people. And, and that I really interject real quick. I met both of you in real person. Like I know one on yes. one, like that means a <laughs> <Yeah>. lot, <laughs> you know? Yes. I haven't met Nish. Oh, I haven't met you in person yet. I'm looking forward to that someday. Yes, it will happen. Well, I don't yeah. know. We're in like lockdown forever, but it hopefully yeah. it will happen. Uh, right. But I agree with you there, both of you there. It, it's it, and and what Navia is saying also, and that's what I'm saying is that this is a valuable tool, and I, I don't want to see us lose it. I don't want to, and for God's sake, and whatever that means to people, God's gods goddesses uh i don't want to see it censored and so yeah. that's one of the things that's really 
kind of disturbing to me right now in culture, not just ours, you know, you know, Russia's now closed off and, and China has been for a long time. And I want to, I want to see, I can turn away. If I don't like what someone's saying, I have the power to not listen. And I think right. that that's a, a very important thing. And, uh, so it's it's like the world I grew up in, which is there were a lot of there are a lot of people in the world that just find me the devil, you know, that just everything I represent, they want to hurt and kill. And I just yeah. stay away from those people. I still they still get that right. And so I, I put that forward into my digital life. Like yeah. there are a lot of people, there's a lot of stuff I just find distasteful on the internet, but I don't want to shut it up. I just don't want to participate. So I, I look right. away and I find the people I sync with and I find that actually really easy to do. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's really, it's difficult. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing how easy it is, right? <laughs> right but it's also i mean i think we've all been flubbed and well of course and there's and quartered by well, there's, internet there's, decisions yeah. there's oh yeah i mean well this has been another great lesson for those of us that are og out you know that were this was coming in we all learned that stuff lives forever yeah <laughs> oh god so if you've got you know you got a, a pussy shot out there or a dick shot you know hello Igor is not out in the world like that. I'm going to let you know. And, uh, but Igor is in hard copy. I have done new magazines and stuff, but, uh, it, but not spread, even though what, so now I'm valuing that. Like, does it matter? Uh, yeah. you know, see there, I find myself, isn't yeah, that a point there? Okay. So yeah, yeah. Igor has been shot. I've done lots of art in my life and it's like, why would it matter if, you can see my beaver open or not like that's yeah. we do this to ourselves you see how this is a mind virus well we Absolutely. come into a value of something and then we create the value based on what we think others think that's yeah. that i mean oh my god that's exactly how i feel about releasing albums or writing yes you know, coming from a journalistic background trying to be objective but excited about the things that i'm writing about and then being put to the task if in years the things I'm writing about are declared, you know, unhealthy. Not that that would ever be a thing, but you know what I'm saying? Like everything is put to the task always. And even records where you can hear my voice changing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was a kid <laughs> from Weasel <laughs> Keats to like this Keats, <laughs> you know? Like well, it's then, out there. People can dig it up and make fun of me. It's, but it's fine. You have to have this, it's almost this let go. It's an, it's a, it's a perennial yearbook that yes. you just have to get okay with. At some point I, I came to terms with, and I talk about this a lot. I think of time as a tape and yeah. I know that there's that new age thought of, of what is it? Keats, the, um, the, the stone tape. The Akashic Records. Yeah. So I it's, when I was little, I kept thinking about time as a tape that no matter what, everything was being recorded. And this is before we came into this reality we're in now. And so I've had this kombucha is making me belch. Uh, 
<laughs> and so it's delicious, by the way. And so I, I always kind of had that idea that what, what we put out is somehow going to come back at us. And so this is a deeper concept, especially if we kind of wrap it in, maybe say something like a union paper where, yes, we're going to encounter ourselves in the outer world. We are going to do that. That's part of the interplay here between inner space and outer space. And so the the shitty stuff I've done growing in my life and the stuff that didn't seem shitty that I came back later and later and looked at where I'm like, man, I was a real jerk there. And I, I didn't see it then. I see it now. Right. And so that with the idea of social media and the internet, it becomes more visceral. So you could have been a shitty person in 1950s to someone, right? In a relationship. And I there was. wasn't a, a digital copy. I know you were. But nowadays, there's this digital track behind yeah. you. There's this digital tape. So you can see this stuff can be pushed back into your face. Well, here's this tweet. Here are these messages where you were being a jerk. And it's like, whoa, this is a whole different way to encounter your shadow. You opened it up for me just then, because I often talk about with an audiomancy and everything, like the need for linear magnetic tape and using stuff. Um, When video editing they talk about linear and non-linear video editing. Linear means you're on a timeline that is infinite, but it is forward. So you kind of have to fit things within that. Non-linear is, well, I can subtract time from it, move things to the front, bring everything forward. You know what I mean? And we're living in an age of non-linear storytelling about us as people, that Mm. everything is being regurgitated or can be, or, you know, chastised from the future, or, you know, it's like, yeah, you really made me think about that. Well, it's definitely true in terms of like, you know, when you're on Facebook, um, I know Nish, you're not on there, but, uh, you know. Neither am I really anymore. And (laughs) well, they give you these memories, like, you you know, remember seven years ago, eight years ago, uh, this happened. And um, it's always interesting for for myself and other people who are in recovery. And you remember back seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, you remember exactly what you were doing. You remember what kind of lifestyle you lived. You remember the drugs you were doing. You remember, you know, and, and the, 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 the heart-wrenching ones are, are when uh, I'll see a post of, uh, of my son at a, at a young age at a, a school performance that, and his mom was there and his brother and sister were there but I wasn't there because I was out getting high and screwing up my life. And uh, so Facebook will, you know, innocently share this memory from 10 years ago of, Hey, your son had this school recital and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it just triggers the memory like, Oh shit, that's right. That's what I was doing. Uh, staying, Staying up for, for, for 10 days straight and doing all kinds of stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, Nisha, I've been talking about nostalgiamancy. I don't know. I think we've talked about this before. And Derek, yeah. this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like you see a photo or listen to a recording of you years ago, immediately what comes flooding is the extremes, what's good and what's bad. 
if there's a way to use that nonlinear form of social media to conjure the best parts of every era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, Derek, Derek, there's something funny is the, so, right. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Although my, one of my second life profiles when I was doing, working a a beta test uh, analysis of what, what that is, that was a deep psychological review of it. Uh, I had created a Facebook account because that's what people were doing. I really deeply immersed myself in to get a deep analysis of the process as we were moving forward to where we are now. Uh, And so that profile's still up there. And there was a reason why I modeled her. I had several avatars in, in, Second Life, but I modeled my main one, Nish and Art Nishka, I think is what her name is on Facebook, after me. So, you know, it's like the Second Life version of me. And then I had a doll and, you know, like I think I had a dog and whatever. But the phones are doing this now. So it's not just Facebook puking up a memory from this. I got one that was a memory from last year. And ironically, it was for my mother's birthday. It was May 9th. And it was like, here's a memory of May 9th. And I was like, isn't this interesting? Here's my mama's birthday, uh, who's been dead two decades. And here is, I guess, what I had put was doing all these videos. You know, they're cute. I was camping in the van and uh, playing with the camera. Another thing I love in modern culture, it's so having grown up in the analog world, putting together films was a big deal. We had to get money. We had to, there was all this stuff that was crazy. And Derek, you know this, how expensive, how many people it involves, uh, all that. So in the world of today, it's so easy to create cool films and cool art. It's just, just all you need is a phone now. And so it puked up a memory from May 9th. And I thought, I loved it and I hated it at the same time. Like, this is really cool. Here's my mother's birthday this last year. And it started with a picture of her. Obviously, I must have posted that on Instagram or somewhere. And and then me and the Bardo and, you know, some cute music and books I was reading. And then I had this horror rush over me. Like, at any time something could just, the algorithms, Uncle Alga, could go through the metadata and pull up me at this date and this time and get a glimpse through what I have at least put in there. But what about the stuff I didn't put in and didn't okay? That's, you know, these devices are always able to mine us through audio and visual stuff and that's all come out there's no conspiracy there that's there yeah and so this is the dark side that's the dark side Ooh, next segment the dark side (laughs) well one one thing i think i i uh i went and checked out uh me we yesterday and um i'm on me we yeah yeah you you mentioned it i only knew it because of you Derek, because you shared the uh the ted talk about the guy that did me we yeah you guys yeah. find me over there. Well, here's I don't know. Here, I, I, <laughs> I went over. I went over there and I created an account, and um, 
the thing that you were you were talking about, like in terms of our personal experiences, right? And I noticed like there is like this section on MeWe where there is like it's like you can list every single thing that you're doing, like what kind of food you're eating, uh, you know, if you're using the restroom, Interesting. if you've got if you've got the windows open, or you've got you know if you have a cat or a dog. Or if you like, you know, <laughs> it's just like so much information that you put on there. I'm just like, okay, so MeWe is like the anti-Facebook, right? It's all about privacy. And it's all about, you know, you know, not using your personal information to but give that's ab- absolute personal information. I know. I'm just like, I'm like, wait, huh? Why do they want me to do that? It's like, oh, well, it's just for, you know, just the people that you know. Like, how do, yeah. well, how do I know that? You know, yes, and 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 when I it was uh, it was free, and I'm like, wait a second, how can this thing possibly be free? And there's no ads, and so I go on there, and of course, it's not free. You have to pay for it, and it's a it's a big, you know, it's a you have to, yeah, I don't know, Derek. Derek, I have to piggyback that too. It was um, Eric Arnes who sent me the thing, I think last year or the year before. I said, come join. So I joined and like you, I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be this basically uh, open format where it's open source, like Linux basically, right? But it's not because you get in and then just exactly what you're saying. They want you to verify and then they give you so much for free and then you pay. And I threw that right back at Eric. I'm like, Eric, this is, what are you talking about? You actually do have to pay over here. And he's like, I guarantee you won't use up all that. I can't remember the data. And I I kind of just left it. I I haven't posted it. I've noticed all of a sudden, I think there's some exodus from Facebook right now because all of a sudden I have everyone sending me parlor and MeWe invites to, you know, come on. I think I have 15 friends now. And... Uh, <laughs> But there is that you do have to ultimately pay. And so I thought this is trickery. This is this is bait and switch. Yeah. Where there are other platforms, there's like uh mines. Mines is I've never had to pay over there. Well, that's a Tim Pool one, right? Is it? Oh God, I'm not a fan of Tim Pool. Neither am I. Get me started on that one. I know. know. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. I just can't bear him. Is that really his platform? Yeah, I think so. I sent Jerry. Oh. Did you ever see the CGI Tim Pool where he takes off his beanie and it's another mouth and he feeds it a hot dog? <laughs> no, but That's I'm amazing. loving it I already. It, I sent it to Jerry. I laughed for a, th- a day. Yeah, I think I'm leaving now that I know that's Tim Pool's because I can't bear him. And I don't care Dim saying tool. that out loud. I've said it on Nox Mentair, the obelisk. Yeah, once or twice. I can't remember what you Jerry know, he, was he, saying. He liked he, him, and I gagged. Well, it's like okay. So Tim Pool, he used to be. He's like a. He's like my age. He's like an anarcho, or he, he used to be an anarcho like skater that started uh, filming things and selling the video to news outlets, and then got hired by Vice as a journalist for certain protests around the world. And has just become a shill of a different color for, uh-huh. you know, all of his his uh, income comes from a certain revenue stream of person and what they like. And it's just, 
he's like kind of the biggest YouTuber right now in politics. He's he is yeah. terrible. He's a whiner, and uh, yeah, it was. I had never really watched him. I didn't. I just saw all of a sudden everyone was talking about him. So I checked. I checked him out because you know me. Like I said, I will. I will mm-hmm. listen to anyone. And it was just this immediate bad feeling. I didn't like him, and so. But I didn't let that control me. I you know I always I just kind of well, eat that up. But then this is what I want to say. Yeah. I listened, I listened again, and I listened again, I stepped away, I listened again, and I, after having put in some time with him, made a hardcore hell no. I'm not having this man, <laughs> I don't know where he stands on stuff, I don't care, I don't like his energy, and I know yeah. that sounds new age, but I feel like he's a shill, and that's just my opinion. I was a, I, like, journalism is my background, he defies any journalistic ethic defies like it's obviously painted for a certain type of person or a certain idea and like absolute shill and he claims like oh i'm a journalist i'm objective and it's like that that's we can talk about social media now about that he is not not. objective it's all opinion when you get in there Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous and it's it's baiting and silly you know, but that's how and huge. What's have like a million oh, followers? I'm already suspicious crazy. of that. He's crazy, yeah, and that's because uh, the right's got money. What can I say? So he he basically does most of his. Uh, he's a YouTuber, but he's connected with Vice mostly. Well, he used to. He used to work with Vice. Oh, used to be then, okay. Yeah, went on his own. I kind of get where he came from and the idea, and but this talks to a bigger subject about you know social media and how we perceive people that are being you know uh proponents of quote-unquote truth or objective journalism you know we are like nisha and i are good friends with thomas sheridan that dude is is great thomas on he's like but he's still like troll and kicky because he knows that he's not owned and I get it. I don't agree with everything he says, but man, do I love yeah. him shit stirring. He's you know? one of my favorites. Of, he's the kind of guy I would like to, uh, well, back in the day when I would drink, I would love to have a drink with him. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I, I, I yeah. know I would probably disagree with about 90% of what he says. Yes, exactly. And I think that's <laughs> what we're missing is that, you know, they fall into these categories of that they're these people and this person. Thomas, he's... He's great in that he fluctuates because we're not meant to know who he is because only know, he knows who he is. You know, well, that's I, all I, that I'm matters. Glad I'm glad you bring up the, Thomas Sheridan because I think he really personifies to me an interesting aspect of the internet. It's it's this aspect that um, people who are genuine, and I think he is, um, and have no, opinions. No, he's, he's a shit kicker. Okay, right. Well, I mean, (laughs) the thing is, is that in in person, someone like him, his opinions would be, I think, I could like, I can completely disagree with you, man. And I and I, 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 you know, but I I see you're like a decent, you know, you're all right guy. You know, I like you. You could joke around. You seem like you come from a, a decent background. You're coming from a good place. I just think your your views are way off from mine. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but in the, in the in the in the world of the internet, though, like so, for example, I I was friends with him on Facebook, 
And I just, because he has so many followers, right, the way Facebook works, I was just constantly seeing his posts on Facebook all the time. And it was always this very, to me, again, from my perspective, very conservative, to me, kind of reactionary, right-wing kind of perspective on things. And I just got annoyed with it. And I'm just like, man, I guess, you know, and he, and he would sometimes in my Love Chaos group, he would he would make comments and post like his uh, uh his website and his different opinions and, 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 and in a kind of somewhat kind of trolling kind of way. And it was just kind of like, I had to defriend that guy because it just was just like, it was ah. just, you see how, so see how, so like in person, I would probably like can connect with him in a way or enjoy his presence, but on the internet where you, I don't get his facial expressions or his tone of voice or the way he expresses himself. All I'm, all I'm getting are his opinions and his opinions are really loud and just really just not my cup of tea. Whoa, and, yeah. so, and so for me, I just have to turn it off. And so I just, but that's it, the Derek. That's, that's the what beauty. I'm saying is yeah. that we can, he's completely, this is what I'm saying. We can turn away. So, and that's what, right. whereas but, I, I can't yeah. bear temple. So I don't listen to temple. And that's the power. Yeah. Temple should have the, he should be out there and he should not be canceled and he should not be censored. He's not hurting anyone. So, but I'm not going to listen and I'm not going to be one of the million people listening to him. I can't, I can't bear him. Thomas, I adore. And I understand, I feel like for me on for Tom with Thomas, there's a, so much Thomas says that I'm 100% with. And so, I mean, who are we ever fully, we need the give and take. But yeah. Thomas is, re, he's real though. I mean, he's he's not hiding behind, uh, he's not out there trying to get money from everyone. He's no. not out there trying to feed some sort of beast behind him that wants him to push something at you. He's and pushing he knows, he damn, he, he he knows yeah. damn right when he's being a shit kicker. He knows well, he damn right. He has a yeah. shit. I definitely feel like he has a shtick and that it, it's, it's a shtick that works and has a following. I feel like he has to, he feels he has to but continue. Right. I don't agree with him on a lot of politics. I don't agree with him on mental health. And when I had him on Pragmagic the first time, I made sure to talk to him about that. But that's what we're missing is this discourse. Doesn't matter. Well, like, oh, you have a different idea than you're a fucking shitty person. No, that's not how this works. Well, that's what I mean, though. That there, I think there, there is like a, an art to to uh, social media discourse, yeah. and I feel that there, there, I think, and I think for, for again for me, a person like Thomas Sheridan is is an older guy, and in in most in his personal probably in person ex interactions with people could probably get along with most people, right, and can say whatever he wants to say. And and uh, it doesn't come across as loud or obnoxious or whatever. It just is right. what it People is. People come to him, yeah. Right. And so, but in thinking when you're online, and uh, all you hear is the opinion, and it's just right there. Right. And you're not getting the person. You're not getting the human being. That's why I like. For me, I really try to avoid posting about politics. The only time I'll ever talk about politics is primarily because of climate change. As you guys both know, oh, it's a big thing for me. Yeah. And that, and that, that, you know, my last book was about that. My big 
my ritual last earlier this year was in regards to that. So yeah. I'll post about that. I'll put that out there in the public forum for for discourse. But other than that, like, I, and, and maybe encourage people to vote, or I might do something about supporting Bernie Sanders or something. Uh-huh. But for the most part, you know, I, I I really try to keep that to a minimum because I feel like the, that we we really do lose our humanity when we get into these shouting matches about politics on the internet because we, we don't see the other person's face. All we see are, are, are the opinions. You know what my favorite part is, and I can use this in metaphors, is joking with Jerry Cthulhu about how space is fake while at the same time like giving high fives to Michelle Embry about some anarcho-punk shit. Like, I like it all. Like, I don't like it all, but I I like everyone involved. It has very little to do with it being in this dark conundrum of, you know, this is all I am. This is who I am. No, my my entity is to listen and to enjoy and take. I don't agree that a bad choice is a person or a a choice that I disagree with maketh the man. That's ridiculous. I have always felt, and I have always given myself permission to change. I do not care how people it's perceived. I don't care. I've never cared. And thankfully my momo gave me that. And I had as a young person, people I enjoyed in the world that did that. And fortunately I was always around great people that were in, in different types of business that I enjoyed in the, in the entertainment business. Cause that's a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. So you get to see like drag Queens that were a different person all the time. And there was this kind of idea of, Oh, it's this person, but now it's that person or people like say entertainers like Madonna, who is, 50s this week, 20s this week, cyberpunk this week. And it, it it doesn't, the chameleon nature that comes out with, say, thespians, which I've always enjoyed, is, I think, something good in the world. And we need that to understand that we can change and it's all right to shift and contradict yourself. Oh, my God, that is the biggest thing. Be okay with saying I'm wrong. And be humble when saying I was right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I hope every day something takes me off of what I found conviction in yesterday. I hope that a new piece of information comes towards me every day that I hear and listen and incorporate into the collage that is me and that it that creates more depth, more patina. A mosaic. Yeah. Yes. And so I become a, a richer person. And, and in the end, these are self journeys. This is a self journey. I'm not allowing the outer world to dictate to me anymore. Now I have, you know, we all, we've got to get there. You got to get there in life. (laughs) But anymore at this point, it's, I, I'm in this for myself. And so the stuff that comes back at me, the stuff I'm triggered by is clearly stuff I need to hone in on and look at like, why, why is this bothering me? And then I have to, you know, and we can separate, we can parse it out and we look at it. It can sometimes just be idiocracy. Like, and you, you go and you, you tear something apart and it's just absolutely nothing. It's idiocracy. And that was initially what bothered me. And when I tore it apart and looked at it, that's what it was. Nothing. 
And then sometimes it's really deeply valuable. Oh man, this is a deep seated complex and I need to actually look because now my shadow has attached to this and I'm projecting onto that and having this interaction, the shadow deep unconscious interaction with something that's causing me a feeling of hate or detest and where I want to get up and kick it, you know? And so we need to really allow ourselves that space. And yet this is internal work. I'm not going to go out in the world and, and get nasty and violent. That's where things have gone askew here. This is where it's getting crazy. You're absolutely right. That's yeah. The toxicity of it's absolutism versus absolutism. And I will always rally against that always. Or as you know, Derek and I have talked very deeply, the health of doubt and what you think is a militarized idea of the self. Like it's a healthy thing to not think that what you think is forever, you know, or that you're right. Yeah. Yeah, or that you're right. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely, that's one of the things I think that if, if people can look at their own ideas as, as um, you know, it's your, it, it is something that it, it may be true or it may not be true. You know, it's that, it's going back to Robert Anson Wilson and the whole embrace oh, of yeah. the maybe, you know? Yep. And then the, the word maybe is not something that a lot of people like to embrace, like doubt. It doesn't, it doesn't sell tickets, Derek. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. No. People don't go to uh to to YouTube to be like, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how hard these things can be, though, and and this is one of the things when we're looking at it, people moving through these processes in their life. It, it, for those of us that have moved through are a little bit further on the path. It is important to remember and give leeway to those that aren't and that are moving through. And I'm constantly these days being challenged by reminding myself that, that if I look at a 20-year-old me that was probably someone I may not like right now, uh, I I have to personally allow space for that to to happen in the world of people's growth and and this is what we were talking about earlier now that everything's recorded all the time i think there are major movements in my my life major overtures where i would just be aghast if you know some of the rants i was on some of the things that really bothered me were recorded and i'm out there being crazy and so it, it is we have to allow that there's so much mind control and it's, it's everywhere. And it's always been in the media. It's always been served to us. And again, these are things that people have to come to on their, in in the inner space, but I'm trying my hardest to allow people that space. Now, do I want to walk down the street and get hit upside the back of my head with the brick? No. And this kind of stuff I'm seeing on all sides of everything, on all sides of everything, because I walk a center line, are atrocious. And I don't know how we've we've ended up here where we are collectively, where this is the state of our world. This is the state of our collective unconscious. Well, and I think 
if I may, I think there is something to the word systemic. Like if you look at the etymology of the word, it's the growth of a system that is born into the thing that we're talking about. Systemic. It's dark and crazy and it's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to realize America is a hard country to, to really purvey as someone that's hey <laughs> this freedom. it's not just america keeps it's it's oh, all I know, over I know. i'm I'm just saying what, what's happening and so i do understand i understand the other the aisle you know as a whatever cis hetero person yeah i understand it i absolutely yeah. get it. like it people aren't listening shit is happening hard you know uh I, do I agree with the way it's going? But no, but that's not my place to agree with it. And I think social media has done a lot to that. It's 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 done a lot on both ends to kind of weed people to either or. And I think that's that's the scary thing for me was that it was never I think when we when we're anonymous and when we're able to say what we want without any kind of notice or you know to default on something that's just about being dark and angry like i think social media has had a lot to do with that i really do and i think about it in the magical standpoint too in the occult communities i mean niche we talk about this all the time it's gone out of control. Yeah. Out of control with people that garner money because they know how to design a website better or an Instagram has more followers. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I just don't think there's a good and bad. And I I don't think you do think that, too. No, you know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm center line with all, I really, really try to walk that center line with everything. It's a mar, inner martial arts training. And as far as I'm concerned, it's part of my greater witchness, right? It's where I find that witchy power. And I, like I said earlier, when I'm feeling called to being, you know, the word now is triggered. I really, really look deep within to understand why has a complex been activated because that's what being triggered is and where is that is there a string here is there a puppeteer to that complex or is this something that was deeply seated in me that that was part of the gameplay when i came onto this life into this life and so I really try to, sometimes I think I sound so Christian and yet I'm not, but <laughs> I really do try to give people that grace. Yeah. And there's, there's I a lot that. of people I just, I just don't want to hear. And so, like I said, I exercise that choice. And what's concerning me now is losing that ability where things are being tailor, tailored out and I, I'm concerned now. I'm concerned with algorithms that are doing that, that we're seeing that. Oh my God, the censoring on YouTube is. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's concerning. It's a, it's also I think, a yeah. private company. 
one thing I want to say too is just um, in regards to I think what you're talking about, Nish, but from a different perspective, I think from from coming outside of say the perception of or experience of grace and of compassion, basically what you're talking about, I think is extremely important. But there's this other element too, where um, where we can we can find people every single human being absolutely fascinating and that they're regardless of whatever they may be saying or expressing or doing that we may think is hateful or that is maybe hateful or is ignorant or whatever there's something um worth either enjoying or studying about everybody like every single human being is fascinating in some way you know and um i think that it, it, it doesn't mean we have to agree with people at all. We can completely disagree. But I like whenever I come across someone, so like Thomas Sheridan, for example, or somebody else who I, I've, you know, in different degrees of, you know, of, of disagreement, uh, I still find something valuable or interesting about what they're doing and what they're saying. I don't know if it's the writer in me uh, or, you know, the counselor in me or whatever it is, That's but it's like, point. Yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. it, it, it it's like every single person, whether you don't have to, um, I think it's buy the compassionate their- bone. It's the compassion. Is it compassion? Bone. It's absolutely compassion. Yeah. It, you shouldn't be jurisdicted by, you know, acute, uh, acute ways of thinking about certain things that you're not really into. I think it's the compassionate bone. Derek, you are the compassionate bone. Like, motherfucker, your compassion. <laughs> like hands down like what you do who you are like i get it i get that look into people that yeah i don't need to be jurisdicted about what their viewpoints are they're human beings and there's a blanket a somatic reality that we all share that's nice right right no yeah no it definitely is 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 central i think i didn't mean to put you on the spot yeah no worries that's okay i I think there's, I appreciate you telling me that, you know, it's something that, um, well, I will be, I'll be honest with you too, though. It's like, you know, whether it's as a counselor helping people or, um, in other areas of my life, there's a pleasure element. I think that has to be in place. And, um, just in terms of really enjoying, um, the different aspects of life. And I think that it's like, you can like, I can I can I can look at a work of art and and I don't really like the artist, right? Like there's a lot of American artists I just don't care much for. And so I will look at it and still find some way to enjoy it or some kind of pleasure from it. Um, even though I may not agree with it or I don't like the way it's expressed or 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 whatever. Um and I think that can be same with people. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know it doesn't have to be all about like the spiritual aspect of, of grace, right. the Christian thing. It can be simply like enjoyment, like an enjoying thing, a pleasurable thing, a, a studying thing, learning a thing, social thing. Yeah. A social thing of less like, you know, and, and maybe that can help people from having like knee jerk reactions to each other. You know, this, this brings me to, I think maybe the topic that we should probably close in and being in this world of you know social media and the advent of cancel culture can there be redemption 
can there be a pushback against what you were and mob mentality in in social media niche what do you think oh dear um yeah that's a hard one I think I'm going to let Derek take that for a minute and I'm going to ponder that. <laughs> I mean, of course, I can immediately riff off of that, but I think, Derek, will you go ahead? Okay. So, the, again, so you just make making sure I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting it right. You're saying, how, what is the, um, how can we find the redemption in, in how the, can in we the find media? a redemption arc in this parasocial relationship we have as a self that isn't really our self? that maybe posted something wrong is taken as, as being us as people wrong when really it's just a dumb tweet or whatever. And, and this, this idea of cancel culture or right, you know, right, when you're right. losing jobs or you're losing right. your will to being. Yeah. Right. I think, well, that's a, it's a, it's an important part of our um, culture that we're going to have to take care of in the next certainly in the next 10 years and, and beyond that, definitely. Because, uh, it, because as you, as we all know, what, what this technology does is it brings hypersensitivity to what everybody does. And so every, everything is so, we're so acutely aware of everything that everyone does. Um, and of course there, there, there comes the judgment towards it. But um, I think that as the warts get revealed about everyone, right? I think that's the key thing is that when we start to find faults in others uh, and, and, and the, there's this desire to cancel them, um, I think that it, it, the redemption part of it is going to have to be is that we're all going to have to be a part of that process of being under the microscope, you know? And if, if, uh, if we are going to be a part of that process of being under the microscope, then that means, you know, uh, being willing to be vulnerable and i think at the other side at the other other side of it though um is the protective element which is for us for us that work in magic who work in in, in, in these in our practices we know how valuable and how important uh protection is uh and how we have to do sometimes things in secret how we have to do things that other people aren't aware of so i think it's like a double-edged for me it's a double-edged thing it's allowing the vulnerability to take place. And it's allowing that, that you know, um, I've done some horrible things. Other people have done some horrible things. And then how we can grow from there is judging based on the, on the entire picture. And, and that really requires people not being so knee-jerk reaction to everything other people do. Uh, as it requires... Uh, uh, sitting down and, 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 and taking in the complexity uh, of life. So I think that, you know, it's, I think people need to be more vulnerable uh, and allow their warts to, sh to show and at the same time be more protective too. So it's just when there has to be moments when you decide when it's appropriate to be vulnerable and, it's, and it has to be appropriate for when uh, uh, to, to hide and to protect yourself. And, um, I think, um, when people can do that, when people can be more vulnerable with themselves, with others, they, I, you know, from what I've seen, they tend to, to go on the attack less, you know, 
right? Yeah. The 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 people the people who 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 go on the attack and try to do the whole, you know, destroying another human being, their career or whatever, based on what they said or did in the past or whatever. Um, the their the chances are they're not willing to share with everyone else all their warts. Um, so I think if if that can be kind of a general movement towards, okay. You know, we're finding out all these things. This person uh, slept with a 17-year-old like 20 years ago, or this person, well, uh, you yeah. know, call is or this person said the N-word at this point in a tweet or something. There you like go. That. Those are very well. Yeah, I guess they're not that different. For some yeah. reason, you said 17. I was like, oh no. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been so, defending that for a long time because my for I was underage. Right. I was right. a Lolita and my boyfriend was well over 10 years ahead of me. And I was like 16. This was now, this is just, this is separate from project stuff. I got involved in early on. This was like by choice and consensual. And so I was well aware of what I was doing and he did not know my age. I had a fake ID mm -hmm. and it was consensual, but by law it would be bad. And this is, I've got to tell you, he is the best person I have ever known as far as golden souls, the best. And the so capital K. no, for real, a shining being. So we've got to take things case by case and we need to yeah. always remember that. But one of these things that is really something we need to consider when we're talking about canceling is can, what is canceling cancel cancel culture is repressive right this is oppressive what it's okay oppressive. right it's yeah. oppressive but what it's creating is repression right. and what do we see looking through the lens of repression historically we see big movements of how when you repress energy it seeps out somewhere. It has to go somewhere. And so in, in, in the best form, it comes out in really great art, really provocative art, but that's just the best form of it. In the worst form, it comes out in ways we're seeing it now. And uh, repression is not a good thing for the soul on a journey. We, oh God, no. it's, it, it creates, and I like what, Derek is saying here, warts actually really applies as kind of nasty and gross as that. <laughs> <laughs> that that brings to mind this. this is our feet. My bunions are killing. And uh, <laughs> uh and so, but this idea of repression is no good. And when we start getting into cultural repression and cultural oppression we are going in the wrong direction this is very dangerous territory yes and there is lots of historical precedents for it we need to really think about this and uh and that's what has caused me alarm looking at the state of the collective right now and this this brings forth a lot of the stuff that is not conspiratorial, sadly, it, things get thrown into the conspiracy pot when you can go and track signatures down yeah. at your local government or at whitehouse.gov or at UN 
.gov or .net, and you can see signatures of people. This the stuff that's going on is not. It's conspiratorial. We're we're being conspiratory right now because we're in conversation talking about this kind of stuff. I know what you're talking about. I don't social know anything engin- you're talking about. <laughs> social engineering is what I'm talking about, and this is where it's going right now. Electioneering, seems, yeah, seems yeah. to be in a dangerous territory where it's really becoming more constricted and that's what worries me we need to become more open and not more closed off we need to become more tolerant and not less tolerant we need to let go of the past to move forward i am not holding anyone accountable for the things that were done to my native american ancestors and yes i'm super white my mother was dark and everyone can find those photos online my mother looks a hundred percent native american black raven hair the whole olive skin everything does so you know people come at me and they see like the palest person they've ever seen with you know green eyes and gender headed and all this. And yet there's my mother. And so, you know, we need to stop assuming by the appearance of someone, right? We need right. to get out of that. I'm a Scott Sicilian and we all know what Christopher Walken uh, I, exactly. said about Sicilians. And well, my papa is half Sicilian. And so, <laughs> Uh, and you know, Italians and Sicilians don't accept each other. Sardinians and Sicilians. Right. There's this Mary's all this... an Irish Italian, right. Scottish Sicilian. Yeah. This is and, and look, at, we, we should come together. We are all mixed in America for sure. <laughs> we're we're mixed, but we shouldn't make assumptions by what we're what the optics are and we need to at some point move forward if it's not affected you directly or you're you know immediately like your parents i think it's a disservice to hold someone responsible for something their great-grandfather did personally how the hell is that working out it's not i'm not holding anyone responsible that came in and took the sack and fox people that were two separate tribes and put them together and then threw them in the Musquaki tribe in iowa i i we've got to move on people we've got to move forward and uh and then and then with like this whole idea of reformations in America, this is a small select group of people and it shouldn't be something that everyone's held accountable for. And if we want to go that route, well, what about Jews? The way that Russians and the Germans treated them in recent history. What about the Armenians? And what about, you know, the Slovakians? I mean, we could go on forever doing this. Let's, Let's just look at this, acknowledge that this was all terrible, and and move forward. Otherwise, we're never going to find a way to to knit together something greater than than this blanket of hatred we have right now. And it's being, here's yeah. my bigger point. It's mm-hmm. being used against us, and this is where people are not realizing that this is all socially engineered and need to observe that it's being socially engineered. And this is where in subject to this conversation tonight, 
AI and algorithms and uh, that platform, the digital reality is now molding us, molding our opinions, molding our thought forms. And it's coming through in different forms in, in flick, flicker rates. It's coming through in millimeter waves. It's coming through in the old school propaganda. And it's, it's something we need to look at in a, with a critical eye and with a, an eye of reasonability. And this includes people coming on scene, debunking everything. They're not serving any greater purpose. That's, we, need to, we need to actually sit down at a table and look at stuff realistically and talk like we used to do in person. And that's what this is the folly of the internet has turned into. I can come up here and say anything and you can't do anything about me. And I can throw up any kind of avatar and you don't know who I am. And it's, it's created a very sad sub reality that's controlling our reality. One thing I think I, I, I want to say real, real quickly is just uh, with regards to the social engineering that you're talking about, I think, um, Social engineering has, has existed throughout human history. I think we could look back at, at any culture at any time and see the efforts being made by people in positions of power to control their people uh, through beliefs and through belief systems. Uh, this is, and so what, we are, what we're experiencing right now is the only difference really is the technology uh, and the different avenues of how the, how the uh, forms of control and thought control are being exerted, but um, I think I think I think that for me I think also why I bring this up is that um, there it, it, throughout human history there is a tendency of, of uh, apocalyptic thinking of end times, and I think one of the dangers we can get into in terms of looking at what people what the people in power are doing right now is somehow worse than anything that's ever come before is the uh is the is is the fact that it, we, there there can be a a feeling of hopelessness uh uh on the part of people um and i and i think that when we look at history and we look and when we make the comparison in terms of what's going on right now to what happened before knowing that humans survived in the past knowing that human liberty or individuality or creativity could survive in the past. We know because of that, and we can we can we can judge on the current power dynamics and the social engineering that's going on right now. We can look at what's going on right now and know that we are going to continue to have human liberty and have individuality and have creativity. It's going to happen, you know. And I think that uh, it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the mind control things that we can get rid of. Uh, and I think it's it's certainly something that um, I, I, I really valued in, in, in Robert Anton Wilson's work is putting things in perspective. Um, yeah. And, and it, when, when I was in the, in the midst of, of a lot of my uh, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, he really saved me a lot with his agnosticism and putting things in perspective. Because uh, when, 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 I, when I did that and when I still continued to do that, I can look at what's going on and look at the people in power and what they're doing and know 
that as powerful as they are, as 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 much of a mastermind at what they're doing as they are, that ultimately they cannot control everything. Try as hard as they can, it'll just never happen. It's never happened in the past, and they've and I and they have tried from the Spanish Inquisition to uh, Nazi Germany to Stalin to God knows whatever different times of, of, of human history, humans have tried as hard as they can to control and to destroy other human beings. And it, there's been a lot of destruction and there's been a lot of death, but at the end of the day, there still survives that human spirit. And I, and I think that um, we'll, we, we can do it, you know? And, and I, I just wanted to see that in, in sense that I, I don't, I don't really feel that what's currently going on is any worse than what's happened before. And uh, in regards to the social engineering, that's just how I feel about it. And, and when I do that, it helps me tremendously. Nish, do you want to say anything? Because well, I do. I, what I, I, all please. I'm saying is that, yeah, I don't think it's any different. It's just at a different level now because of the connective factor with the internet. And, and as we've been seeing in the last year and a half now, Russia has, has separated, and this is recent, Russia separated its internet from the US. This was a big move. You can go look this up. China always did. I mean, there are VPNs and you can get around it and everyone, everyone does. And, and it looks like the US is is separating off, not to mention everything is censored and everything's going through fact check. And then, you know, no one's checking the fact checkers and there's a lot of bollocks going on there. I will check my damn facts, my damn self. And this is what I'm saying with due diligence. We need to learn to think for ourselves and to do the research like you learn in school. This is this is a skill that people need to learn. You cannot have everything handed to you. Go looking and don't just go look at the narrative script of the winner. Look at the loser too. Look at the side narratives to gain a bigger, broad, uh, a broader perspective of a narrative. This is, you know, I mean, if we listen to some of the stuff going on, you would never know that the Irish people were real slaves in America. And I have, you know, I have a lot of that stuff in my background with the Scottish side and, and the growing up in an Irish household, they were, and there's a great book out there, how the Irish became white. And uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff we need to a discerning person needs to come to and just accepting someone else's word for something is never good enough. You need to question Absolutely. the world. And that's always been my one point. Always question the world. There is nothing wrong with questioning the narrative. This is only going to take you into more growth. And question the narrative of yourself too well this, this is that that's the inner work the right world in the social media age yeah don't but get, it's more imperative now yeah. it's more imperative now than ever because everything's really being i mean now there are books you can't buy anymore so oh, yeah. it's it's equivalent to like the book burning and stuff this is we're in very treacherous terrain at this point where because of council culture 
and and I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get that there's a healing that needs to happen and it does need to happen. And we need to move into a balance where in between eons, you know, we're going from the the Piscean to the Aquarian, masculine to feminine and and the pendulum swinging and we need to find balance. And so it, it's like more than ever time to really make sure we're looking at at all sides and and not just jumping on ships because we're we're seeing everyone else jump on a ship and that's called a union analysis that's participation mystique or group think you know and and humans tend to be really swayed by that and so it takes a lot of gumption it takes a lot of moxie to sand your ground and say well why? I mean, I was literally that kid that said, what is the makeup of why the sky is blue? How are the, how's the color spectrum coming through? And I got BS responses from people until I could get into a class that broke down how that actually worked and how I, my optic nerve was perceiving color. And then I was like, okay, I get this. And now I understand it. Now I see what blue is. And now I understand why, you know, why this plant is that color green. And so this is where, but what I see are a lot of people just regurgitating and regurgitating and regurgitating. And because of the nature of the internet and social media, it's out of control. And and getting control is censorship is never the answer. And so that's where, that's what my message is here, Keats and Derek. I love it. I love it. And if I can say, maybe in a slight bow that I'm going to tie with this, I've had the privilege of having both of you in different aspects and different conversations prior on the podcast. Uh, one of the last ones with Derek was about doubt and how healthy doubt is. Uh, the one with you, Nish, was about facsimiles. And knowing when to fight against the people that are, you know, facsimiled on truth. And I think tonight, both of those beautifully merged. They were, it was, a, it was an incredible uh, triangular idea of both those processes. Because we should, you know, let's not take shit from anybody. Let's always make sure that we're we're not an absolutist, but also, you know, let's be weary of the Instagram witches. <laughs> <laughs> the, the digital copies. Yeah, the digital <laughs> copies. Yeah. Right. I, well, I, yeah. I, I yeah. value right. this is, you know, this is one of the things why you are both people I just love so deeply. I value our differences and I value where we converge, the vesica Pisces, as I always say, where we overlap. Mm -hmm. And we're able to have these uh, beautiful moments. And this is, we're all OG in a way, though, where there's in the analog way, where we're, we're reasonable people. And so... Of course, there are things we have our differences and we celebrate them within each other. Although I don't think we're that different, but as far as like we're not dramatic, 
Yeah. Well, I think I just want to, I think what we were going back to the answer to how people and the internet can redeem themselves is that the, the, the relationship that I have with the two of you, what I really um, enjoy about it and with the people that I, I interact with on the internet uh, who I do enjoy interacting with is that there's not um, a sales pitch involved. And I think that so, so much of one of the really uh, strong to me dangers of the internet is that everyone, uh, their interactions with other human beings is, is predominantly based on some kind of sales pitch. Uh, what am I trying to sell to you? And what am I going to get out of you? With and, that uh, said, like, and subscribe everyone. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, 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 that's the beauty of human relationships is that the, the, what I'm going to get from you is the, is the interaction itself. Yeah. It means the most. And yeah. especially this day and age, like I did have the pro pleasure to meet both of you and the somatic reality we all share. And it wasn't good enough. You know, I it wasn't enough you guys, time. not enough time in both. Yeah. You know, yeah. even meeting niche. And like, that was like thinking to myself that this is what we get. We get to parlay until the next one. Yeah. If, there, if there's the next one, but we'll, we'll mine it. We'll figure it out. We'll fight for it. Like, I believe you guys, I do. And I believe that you believe yourselves. And I think that's the best thing I can say about anyone. I believe that they believe themselves. Yeah. This yeah. is, I, that's one. And I do want to part with this is this idea of we do need to, I think it, it behooves us as humans and, and we can go off into people who feel like they're hybrids. Of course, I think we all are. We are the aliens, but as humans in the end, this idea of physical touch, of physicality, of being close and our energetics actually intertwining, this is an important thing. And it's hard to do that digitally. And so yeah. I... I value those kinds of experiences and they allow me this ability to know that in the end, I am not alone uh, in the digital world. And when, in my analysis of second life, it was so difficult. I, I, who, who is everyone who, what's going on? Who's behind all that? That does not happen. I mean, it does happen to some extent in real life, and but you're able to discern it really fast in person. In person, Keats gives off a very real energetic vibration that you immediately sense, just like everyone else. And so, you know, there's an olfactory aspect. There's just the senses get around it. And so we know, like in nature friend or foe this is this is someone that i i is on my side energetically right. or this is not i'm going to avoid this person and this is the danger of where we are now and this is kind of the crossroad we find ourselves at and so we we make do like that kind of the energy that you talk about with nish uh with with keats is something that i enjoy through a text with him texting him or talking with them on Instagram or a phone conversation or doing this is that I think it, it I, you know, the, the, the digital will never replace the real, but we can right. always make, we can always make do. Well, this is why this was so monumental to me because I did have some re reoccurring guests 
or like people that were on before when I was doing the liminal stream. Uh, Cause I wanted to check up and see how they were with you two. I'm very privy and I really just wanted to like be part of the triangle and, you know, hear what you guys are up to or like talking about a certain subject or something. It's not that like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what you guys are up to right now. Like, I love the fact that I know, uh, you know, from what you guys tell me, what is going on in your lives. I think I, I appreciate that the most. And it makes me feel really honored that you guys share that with me. I want to, I want to add one more thing. So what, and, and Derek and I are a good example here because I know you in person, Keats, and you know both of us. Mm-hmm. And Derek and I only know each other through our connection to you and digitally. And Psychic this is, so, <laughs> so, But it also, so this energy does is transcendent. Mm-hmm. And we can, and this is a lot of times why I don't do live video because I learned early on when I was that people can actually tap in and suck you dry. And I, this is a real thing and I feel it. That's why you get me in, you know, little in my music videos and all Burks. that. Yeah. And well, I put it out there and there's on my Instagram, you get to see me. Oh, you're the best. Three days of cold makeup, honey, where it's all I'm looking like a ghoul. But uh, so we do tap into our our energy, our energetic fields. It's just a different way. And it's it's a slower process, I think, sometimes. It's more immediate in person where we do get the olfactory. You can see how a person breathes and walks and holds space. And so when we're looking at it digitally or remotely, remote viewing, psychically, all that, it is a different imprint, but it is it is also a way. So I do not want to negate that. It is very important. We just need to find a balance. And that's where I'm standing here yeah. on that. We need... We can't give up the the touch. We can't give up the physicality for the digital. There's and like I started this whole show. I'm a middle of the road person. I'm at the razor's edge. I try to walk that middle line. And that is what I'm trying to do with digital reality versus what is this apparent real life. Yeah. No, I love that. That means that means more. I this is my way in this weird way. I don't know why we've been so like privileged to be like, hey, let's just explore this in real time with other people watching because <laughs> it could happen <laughs> either way. But I think that all of us as broadcasters and creators have put out really wonderful things, uh, you two included, myself excluded, uh, that we can figure no. out. No, I'm just, I was fishing for compliments, Derek. Don't do it. That's classic you, Keats. You are so funny. (laughs) But like, I love that. I love, I was so excited for this chat, you know, for prior chats. They were very much, you know, very uh, cerebral or about taste, whether it's music, comic books or movies or something about the occult and what it is. This was like, no, I want to talk to two people that I absolutely adore, that I think do really wonderful things and have a good meditative outlet when it comes to social media. Like, 
and know knows how to compartmentalize it so that it doesn't come at you, doesn't crump you, you know, is that can handle and digest it well. And that's what this all is about. And I learned a lot tonight. And well, one thing I think we know, Keats, is we can't do it by ourselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. This is the raw. Yeah, that's why this is also ending on the love fest. I, why I just adore <laughs> you two so much is I've personally been able to get into deep interactions with both of you that are raw, soulful, gritty, uh, yeah. revealing. And there's a sense of real connection and and soul searching that you both bring forward. And I think you both bring it forward in the way you encounter other people. I don't think that's specific to me. And so these are qualities you both have in the world. And that's the stuff I look for in other people. And so I'm not in the chat, so I don't know who's there, but so many people I have, I've found that with and that's when we started with this, the others, we yeah. can find, we're finding the others, the others are out there and we are creating a, a sprinkling of stars in the darkness, right? We are, yeah. I see your twinkle. I see your twinkle. I feel it. I feel it with you guys. You know, you brought up the chat. We need to address the chat. They've been so incredible. Um, God, I don't even know where to start. Well, I can start with Miss Michelle Embry. Thank you Twi so talk much. Talk about Twinkle. We love Michelle yeah. and with the sparkle. We She's always Navier. Navier Laura. Yes. Yeah. Oswald yes. Spangler. Oh, yes. Oswald, uh, of course. Oswald's everywhere. <laughs> but I love Oswald. Him. Oh, this, we'll have to go into this another day. But uh, when people thought a person had died, Oswald made it's really cute or not cute. It was actually really cool. Like funeral March thing talking about us on another stream thinking this person had died, but it turns out Brandon Young's just a dick. Oh, Brandon's always a jokester. <laughs> he is. That's Brandon forever and ever. You always, it's all forever satire. And ever. I know yeah. we've been talking about a lot of funny comedy stuff, but Justin Partridge Oh, I I went to college with Justin. Hi, oh, hey, Justin. So cool. I love you. Justin. Hate Justin? Oh, no. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, Justin JP's my boy. Uh, Yogi Chander. Who I love Yogi. Okay, I want to say that I had a really wonderful email from him. Uh, I guess you were his first guest on the thing, and he asked me to be on. And yes, we'll make this work. Make it work. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And when he came forward and asked me, I, I'm not snobby. I will, I got a feel for him. And yeah. I was like, I like his vibe. And at, when I've encountered him, he's fantastic. And what he's doing is great. So if you get an invite from him, definitely. I'm always ready to talk about the rough and tumble. Yeah. You know? Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. We went like three and a half hours. That's awesome. I, I know. That. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Jerry. Uh, oh, my goodness. Jerry's out it's there. Jerry Hello, Kapoof. Jerry. <laughs> yeah. He's probably gone now. What Jerry's in and out. I'm sure we probably already yeah. bored him. <laughs> oh, and Sixth Sense. Uh, yes. Sixth Designs. Who is just taking it under his wing to be 
you know, or she, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't want to misgender anyone. Uh, they've taken under their wing to be a great mod for a lot of channels. And I really appreciate that. I love everywhere I see Sixth Sense. Yeah. yeah. And um, because I don't always get in chat, but I've seen that person and they do, they post links and all that. I'm not looking, I don't see the chat, so I don't know who's out there. But that's a great moderator. Uh, Helen Dion. I don't know born. if I know Helen. Oh, that's uh, that's my son's mom. That's right. Oh, I thought hello, so. Helen. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, what's up, Helen? Uh, I think that I think that oh and of course John Asai. How could I forget John Asai? We love John. Yeah. How could we forget John Asai? <laughs> Absolutely. I love John Asai. You know, like I've got a firm connection with that Pacific Northwest. Yes. John Asai. Yeah. This is a great chat so far. Yeah, it's been really good. People have tuned in, tuned out, made nice. mention to say something. It's really beautiful and. I want to make an announcement that I'm going to take at least a week off streaming because I got to finish this <coughs> audio sigil <coughs> thing. <laughs> Everything in its time. Yeah. But it's getting there. It's been really good. And I'm really excited about it. Like, that's. Oh, and John Aside says, RIP Brandon Young. Yeah. And also, Brandon <laughs> Young said. <laughs> Well, you have you and your beautiful Mary. I'm trying to get this country song for y'all. I want Mary to back up. Vocals. Oh, I've heard it on your Instagram. I'm so, I was yeah. so enamored. I love it. I love Mary's vocals. So I'm hope. And I said, I mentioned it to you. I'm like, I hope Mary can pull because I've got a gnarly voice. And you said if she can pull up to your voice. Dude, if she can make me sound good, she can make yeah. anyone sound good. So I'm so I'm excited about doing a little country song with y'all. I love it. <laughs> Get a rock song or mm -hmm. the chalk we're, song. We're going to take it down south to do a country song. <laughs> oh, so good. I do have a website. Thank you, Six. Six Sense is so great with this. Um, but thank you, Chat. Sorry if I didn't mention you. Um, it, it's been incredible. Uh, I really appreciate everyone so participatory. It's been really fun, and nice. I have two of my best friends here, two people that I look up a lot. So I will put I put in the show notes uh, if maybe we can do a little bit of what's happening next. Cosmic Salon or Love Chaos. Yeah. What do you got going on? I have just an amazing lineup of people I'm editing right now for the Cosmic Salon. And I want to state that my goal with the Cosmic Salon is a, I'm casting a wide net like Jerry and I do with our show. And I, I'm bringing a lot of different viewpoints. So I don't I don't want to get pinpointed into one thing or another. I'm bringing oh, woo, woo across the board from left to right to the middle to up to down. You know, I mean, I've had a good reverend on there and I Eastern people. So that's what the Cosmic Salon's about. And then behind the gate, we're working with etymology and what would be in a live show call-in stuff I call wooed. And, uh, <laughs> and so as with the opening on Cosmic Salon, it's keep an open mind and let's go on a journey. 
Yeah. And so I'm hoping to have, I want Michelle Embry said she would come on. I want her Navier. I have so many, you know, I want, uh, I already had Derek, which is so popular. Oh my God. Oh, Derek and, was popular over me. Yeah. Yes. Actually. Keeps, yes. On the, on the analytics, <laughs> Derek's went, oh, went boom. I had a lot of, of women. Course he was. Because I, I, I talked about sex the whole time. I think. We oh. did talk. Well, and this is funny. Derek doesn't know this, but I had a few women ask me about him. I'm like, they're like, who's the sexy oh man? And I'm like, Oh, okay, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> they live in LA. <laughs> no, none of them are in LA, but you did oh, know it but was they like, will be. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's possibility. So yeah, the cosmic salon's my baby right now. And so that's that's just keep it's an open best. mind. It's highly uh like you take so much care with the production of it. It's it's really wonderful. You were made to broadcast. It's honestly like a talent from your heart punching I'm, everyone. I'm in the proud face. of it. It's it, yeah. it it's taken a long time to get there, but I'm very proud of it. So thank you. And thank you for both being on there early. You you helped your wind for me and the wind is a great thing. It's a friend. Yeah. Well uh turns out Navier uh didn't give me the proper um I, I forgot what she called it. Uh the future Mayan thing. I actually am wind and not the sun. So, oh, I don't know what mine is yet. I heard yeah. though. I didn't listen to the show with Navi and you yet because I'm so busy. But oh, I heard it's so it. much fun, uh, Mary Keenan. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was what a did cool what was I? Because Navi said I was something. She she apologized for not telling me in person, of course, because she's a dear heart. Well, she uh, said it was connected to your actual, like the Taurus thing i don't i don't know what that means so bull oh i'm a bull something see i don't know anything about it so i it's i have your tab up with yeah no no i want to say this navier is like in the chat going keys i had too many charts she did she had a whole thing it wasn't her fault it wasn't like a misreading she talked to me afterwards and said like hey that's I got it wrong because, you know, she's got integrity. Nobody better be hating on Navier. They have to get yeah. past me no, first. Just, <laughs> oh, me and Mary made a son. That's awesome. I got Navier's back. But, yeah, I want, I want to make that clear. Like, you know, it's not like I have to, like, delete the video and be like, oh, well, she was a liar. It's like, no, it's, it has nothing to do with that. She's incredible. And that was the most fun I've had with mary on a live stream i think ever that was a really cool episode yeah i enjoyed it I, it was great having her on you know she should jump on more often dude navi is a shit i love her she we talk a shit. lot on instagram <laughs> she's amazing she's the best she really i meant well yeah she's she is amazing i meant mary mary should jump onto your show every oh oh yeah. yeah okay she yeah, you know <laughs> yeah oh just as mary <laughs> Yeah, not only is she gorgeous and can sing and is the backbone for everything is, you do. And is the best thing <laughs> in the world. No, she, she's the front bone. I'm the backbone. Yeah. 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 Let's not let's not get it twisted. That's right. Better recognize up in here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to live in that world. No. Uh but Derek, uh Mr. Love-chaos.com. Uh, wonderful Facebook group that you have, Love Chaos. 
What else you got, buddy? Well, I'm really in a in a transitional period right now. I'm really, as you know, I've told you privately, but I'm I'm transitioning away from um, love chaos nonfiction books into going back into writing my fiction work. Oh, and I love so, I'm, yeah. So I'm really so, but in the in the it's a transitional thing, and so I, I'm I'm fortunate. Um, I had a really great uh, conversation with uh, Greg Kaminsky on a cold personality and I'd love to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very excited to hear, to hear that episode when it comes out. And, uh, so we were, we, we jumped into my most recent book, uh, the end of the world and talked about that, uh, at length. And so I'm that was really great. And some other, uh, future interviews are coming up regarding that book. And that's an important sort of process for me as that, as I put that out there in the world, uh, and, and that kind of, you know, in the process of, of that, doing that and putting it out there, then that kind of, in a way, feeding away uh, so that I can go back into focusing on my storytelling. Right. Uh, and I have a, a, a second part of my trilogy that I'm working on right now, which is a book called White. The first book was called Black. And then the third book will be Red. And I love has, that. It, uh it will be uh, uh, it, it again of all part of my uh, uh, process of inversion. I'm taking these old stories, uh, the, the the story for the the the, um, the, the quest for the Holy Grail, uh, specifically Parzival, uh, uh, and inverting that story, uh, as well as Dante's Divine Comedy and uh, the Doctor Faustus legend. So all three legends I've inverted in a new way. Uh, and so that will be a trilogy I'm finishing up uh, in the next couple of years. And then in, in right now, I'm also in the beginning stages, which is uh, I've been researching a book uh, that I'm going to be writing. I uh, really have been really, in many ways, researching this book since my teens. Uh, as you both probably have noticed that I have a passion for Shakespeare. And so after I'm done with this uh, um, trilogy, I'm going to be writing a, a fictional Shakes biography. Who? Yeah. Shakespeare. Who? And so <laughs> that that guy. Well, it and that's the whole thing is that uh, it's going to be um, the true author. It won't be uh, it won't be William Shakespeare from Stratford. It'll be the uh, the real author. Ooh, so man. I'm going to be writing a book about that. Uh, and uh, it's been an obsession of mine, and I and I feel that I've been hounded by um by shakespeare all my life and it, it really needs to be turned into a book uh and that will be a a big project for me uh, i'm going to seek uh, the biggest possible publisher for that book uh and we'll see where that goes but uh the next couple of books will be uh independently published like all my books have been uh and they'll include i must say it will include the beautiful paintings of my friend and mentor eric fiazzi uh, all of the paintings on my website and the covers Beautiful to my stuff. books. Yeah, the guy is a genius and uh, really completely underappreciated in the art world. And uh, really highly, highly recommend people check him out. His name is Eric Fiazzi. Uh, and so like with my first book, it'll include uh, 13 uh, full color paintings by him uh, in the next two books. Each book will have uh, and that's and if you look at the the cost for these books, that's why they're pricey. Uh, they're they're really you know I tried to get the best image quality possible for his paintings. They're beautiful, and I wanted to have that 
Uh, he, he, he deserves it and it really works well with the stories. So um, that's what's going on with me. I admire how dedicated, devoted to your practice you are, Derek. It's, it is amazing. And it, it obviously shows a love for what you do. And that comes through. Thank you, Nish. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. And I, Nish, yeah, both I, of you, both of you are two of the few people that I've met uh, that actually purvey what they are in person at all times. At all times. (laughs) Are what they say they are. We've got our love fest up in here. It's a love bun. (laughs) I've told you guys before, and I'll keep on telling you, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, I I love you both. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I do want to say this too, is that it, it, regardless of our friendships, I think that if I didn't know either of you, I would enjoy both of your works. You know, it's, it's something that I think, um, when you do something uh, w- with passion, as you both do, with integrity, as you both do, with intelligence, as you both do, um, it stands the test of time. And uh, I really feel that the three of us will um, will stand the test of time. I think that uh, we we stick to our guns, and whoever does that, whoever sticks to their guns, um, really uh, finds the reward in the work itself, and then I think in the, the long run as well. The pearl. Yeah. Mm. Yes. This is, well, this is what binds us in such a beautiful way. And we do move forward. This is how we find a taste of immortality in the work we do, even if it all falls away and say the earth turns to dust. This is our creative outlet. Our energy, our creative energy is in the end what we gift to the collective whatever form it finds it's energy out there right well we found each other and like i said in the beginning this is the first trifecta liminal stream um everyone has a complete component for every point in this triangle i love you guys so much you both are incredible huge fans of you both um I do want to say that this is the last one maybe for a week or two, uh, just so I can, I'm sure I've already said that. I've already said that, but uh, just to reiterate, <laughs> this is, this is uh, my kind of send off on a high note. Uh, Cause I've been doing these weekly for the last five weeks. Or I'm proud of you longer. Keats for doing that. Thank yeah. you. You did it's a great been... job. Keats. <laughs> It's been a it, it's been a different angle of self. Uh absolutely. We were talking about this earlier before we were on screen that like just the research and the gumption of being on camera and you know, it's a it's a funny ideal of a pursuit. And yeah. uh I appreciate it. I've I've been surrounded by friends along the way. This is great. I'm going to take a week off because I've got a very important, huge project to finish, which Nish and Derek are both a part of. I'm very excited about it. Very excited. And Michelle. And, and Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my and God. I Carl love Abrahamson, Dr. Right. Vanessa Sinclair, right. uh, Tom Winston. Yeah, it's a powerhouse, but Michelle's yeah. was a highlight in there for oh, me when I was that, yeah. here. Oh my god. 
so good. So I, I cheated and I showed them all the all the. Yeah, we got to see behind. And but I mean, anyone that knows Michelle has encountered her work. She the passion. Oh, my so God, yeah. this woman is intense. And Callie, it was Callie too. Was it? It was yeah. the two of them, right? I can't remember. It was just intense. It was so good. It's it's really good. All of it's good. They're, it, it's just it's a huge undertaking because you know me. A friend was joking with me earlier today, and they're like, "Oh, you know Keats and Scope." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I feel seen." That you know it'll get done. I just not as quick as I thought it would. Uh, but it's it's going really well, and if you've watched the last liminal streams, I've showed s segments of it. Yes, beautiful work, by the way, Keith. I, I yeah, love thanks. it. Really, yeah. really great music. Yeah, it's um, exciting, isn't it, Derek? Yeah, I love it, and I love the way he uses it with the with the video, with the vi the visual. I yeah. feel like a, a a kid in high school where you're like is, is my music cinematic and you put it to cool videos and you're like right yeah, yeah. it works yeah. yeah it definitely works so there's it, something very like uh, I don't know fun and perennial in the a youth sort of way you know yeah about it so, you know, just, I'll just uh, sequence it with shit that I'm gonna get copyright struck with <laughs> 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 but anyways, I love you too. I do want to close out. So I did have a couple options for a new audio, Mancy. Um, however, a dear friend who I consider in the same realm as you, Derek, and you, Nish, is Douglas. Uh, yes. From What Magic Is This? He's great. And it was his birthday yesterday. Oh, it and was. it was a new moon. Yes. And he gave me back in the day when I was trying to branch out of myself and experiment with things with Audiomancy, uh, gave me a hymn to Celine that I ended up orchestrating and writing a little guitar part for. So I thought in lieu of his birthday, in lieu of the new moon last night, we could go out on that. Let's yes. do it. Let's do it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, D Douglas is a great guy. I've, I've gotten, I've been uh, communicating with him on, on Instagram recently, and and finding, you know, he's not only super smart but a, a good dude. He's a good dude. Everyone here is a good dude. <laughs> Even I don't this. Know if, if that's gender specific, <laughs> I, but I'm all right you know. with it. I have, I'm, I'm settled, and <laughs> Igor's fine with that. <laughs> Igor, Igor's fine. Yeah, Igor's a dude for sure. Yeah. Um, so I he sent me this when I was looking for mood magic when things are really hard, and this was in May. And I compose how I do things. I compose music to it, or I do something creative with it. And I sent it to him, and I put it on YouTube. But you know, the like I said, the new moon was last night. It was his birthday he's done a lot for me i love douglas i love you guys and i just want to celebrate y'all so let's do it we're gonna yeah. do it nice all right so this is just the test of an original composition to the orphic hymn of celine thank you to douglas 
of uh, What Magic Is This for giving me the idea of wanting to experiment with um, something outside of my diverse kind of weird anarchic magic and uh, try something for the flower moon tonight. And Douglas, you know, brought up the idea of singing or, you know, chanting an Orphic hymn. And of course my inclination is to kind of write something to it. So, excuse me, uh, like the farmer's tan. Anyways, um, yeah, so I'm gonna give this a go. I literally just wrote this, you know, just small guitar part. Just want to hear how it sounds. See if I can do this.
Shiny sable maiden, you're a Michigan.